1: VR training platforms, like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International, are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
0: As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop.
1: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
1: Hey, welcome to the Blonde Files podcast. I'm your host, Arielle Laurie, and I'm here to talk all things wellness. From how to achieve optimal health and well-being to the best beauty tips and everything in between, no topic is off limits. I know there is so much information out there, so I'm here to help you navigate it all and live your best life. Thanks for listening. Let's get into it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm laughing because I feel like I need a better intro than that, but anyway, I... Have such a good episode for you today. I'm talking to Dr. Robin Burzin. I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with Dr. Burzin or with her work. She's the founder and CEO of Parsley Health. Parsley Health is the nation's leading holistic medical practice designed to help people overcome chronic conditions. And we get into why she founded it in the episode but here's just a little synopsis. She founded it to address the rising tide of chronic disease in America through personalized holistic medicine that puts food, lifestyle, and proactive diagnostic testing on the prescription pad next to medication. Dr. Berzin attended medical school at Columbia University, and she trained in internal medicine at Mount Sinai Hospital in New York City. And she takes that background and really marries it with holistic care really beautifully. So she's also been recognized by the World Economic Forum as a tech pioneer. She's named as one of the 100 most innovative women in business by Inc. Magazine. She was praised by Fast Company for founding one of the world's most innovative companies. And she also has a new book, State Change, which is out now. So, today we talk all about preventative, accessible, holistic measures to feeling your best. We discuss an outdated healthcare system and how to prioritize your overall health when you're doing it all, especially as women. We also dive into stress. We talk about the different causes of stress in our current culture. We talk about how to treat it both with and without medicine. We talk about tech audits, and she has a lot of practical things that she recommends to you guys today to implement in your lives to help lower stress and start to feel your best. So enjoy the episode. All right. Welcome. I'm so excited to chat with you today.
0: So excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: Of course. So I'm sure a lot of my listeners are familiar with you and your work, but for anybody who isn't, could you just give a little intro on who you are and your background and what you do now?
0: Yep. So I'm Dr. Robin Berzin. I'm the founder and CEO of Parsley Health, where we are the nation's largest proactive, preventive, and holistic medical practice. Uh, I'm also the author of a new book that just came out called State Change, which is all about how we can find a new baseline of energy and flow and understand the physical blockers to our mental health.
1: I want to break down all of this, but I'm so curious, Like, how did you come to start Parsley and why?
0: You know, so I went to med school here in New York. We were just talking about wearing our, you know, wearable yeah. sleeping bags here in freezing New York. So I've been here for a long time. Um, I went to med school at Columbia and I trained in internal medicine at a hospital here called Sinai. And I had an amazing training, but I saw in my training the ways in which our medical system was sort of a revolving door for people just to get sicker, not intentionally, but that's how it was. And the digestive issues, the mental health issues, the autoimmune conditions, the hormone imbalances, the migraines, the infertility, all the things that we all live with today for years, if not decades, weren't getting better. And we needed to bring nutrition and mental health and lifestyle onto the prescription pad. We need to spend more time with people and we needed to stop bouncing people from you know, specialists to Dr. Google, to waiting lists for visits, to primary care doctors, we needed to really take care of it all in one place. And so that was kind of my residency training aha moment that there had to be a better way. And that led me to train in something called functional and holistic medicine, in addition to my MD and ultimately to start my company.
1: How was that received in the medical community? Oh gosh, I don't know. Um,
0: (laughs) You know, I think when I first started out, it was just, you know, I had this deep calling and feeling that this was the right way to do things. And I saw, you know, I had the privilege of working in a wonderful practice here in New York city for about a year, working for another doctor doing functional integrative holistic medicine. And in that practice, I saw the outcomes like, wow, by bringing food and supplements and lifestyle and deeper testing, into this realm, we're really moving the needle for people, but oh my gosh, this world is very inaccessible, expensive. And so how do we bring this type of medicine and make it more technology smart and data smart and just more accessible financially? And so I just felt really strongly that that was the way to go. And I think what's interesting now, all these years later is that we're, really plugging in with the healthcare system. Um, I just actually right before this call got off a call with like Aetna and their national team. And that to me is a really big, like kind of, it sounds dorky, but like heart opening moment because yeah. this is what I'd planned the whole time.
1: Yeah, <laughs> And here we are. That's incredible. I mean, just as somebody who struggled with pretty much all of the ailments and symptoms that you listed from hormones to gut issues, mental health issues, and seeing how they're all interconnected, it really is such, I mean, it's almost like a common sense approach. And I feel like when I was going through that stuff in my own experience, like it was almost like playing whack-a-mole. So if I just treated the gut issue thing, the other stuff flared up. And then if I took care of that, then the gut issues flared up. And I think so many people don't realize, I think it's becoming more common today, but like how interconnected all of this stuff is. And also something that we'll talk about today, like how interconnected the body and the mind is too.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, where that song from when you're, kid, like the knee bones connected to thigh bone or whatever it was. I just did that totally out of order, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, that's right. Like we, (laughs) we are an ecosystem and we are connected to our environment, our food, how we manage stress, our emotions, and those things can't be ignored. And on top of that, what's going on in our guts is also impacting our brains. What's happening in our hormones is impacting our you know, immune systems. And so we have this healthcare system that's very focused on like the heart's over here and the blood sugar's over there and the brain is over there and the GI tract is over there and we need 20 different specialists for 20 different things. And that is actually the opposite of what we learn in med school, which is that we are an interconnected ecosystem. So I wanted in Parsley Health to develop a healthcare system, like a medical service that would treat people that way because I knew and I saw that they would get better if we did. And that's what we're seeing.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm just curious, like you said that in medical school, you're trained that it's all connected. Do you think that that separation happens because then you have to choose a specialty and that's like what you get focused on?
0: I think it's a, it's a, the specialty choice. I think it's that the specialties exist, right? Because that's how we pay for stuff. Mm. So we pay for your, you know, Vein to be ripped out of your leg and tied around your heart when the arteries in your heart are clogged from the foods that you were eating your whole life. We don't pay doctors like you know to spend time with you to address what you're eating and address your behaviors and address your family risk factors and what came before that would impact you not getting that heart disease in the first place. And so um, the system is a product of the. Way that we pay for stuff. It's not necessarily that we want it to be that way, but that's just now how it is. And so, what I think is exciting is that at this moment, there's a big push in our healthcare system coming from various corners, Parsley's one of them, but there's lots to say, we can't keep doing this this way because it's really expensive, it's ineffective, and it's not fair to patients.
1: I have to tell you guys about how big of a lifesaver array bloat pills have been on my trip. Like when I come to the city, I'm eating pasta, cheese, fries, like basically indulging in things that I don't always eat or eat a lot of back when I'm home in LA or when I'm cooking a lot. But I have not had any bloat thanks to these babies. I have been talking about these for a couple of years now, I think, over on Instagram. And I probably sound like a broken record, but. I could not believe how well they worked and nothing makes me happier than when you guys send me a message saying that you can't believe how well it works either. So what these are, in case you have not tried them, are 100% natural filler-free organic capsules formulated by a naturopathic doctor targeted for bloat specifically. And I love that the bloat capsules were basically designed for food freedom so that you can enjoy the food that you love without any kind of discomfort or bloating after. And the bloat capsules are great because they can be taken at any time. Sometimes I'll take them before I know that I'm going to have like a heavier meal or I take them after, or if I just have random bloating, that's really uncomfortable. And they work super fast by optimizing digestion with the use of five herbs and a fruit-based digestive enzyme. So they also have a Calm capsule, which I really love. It has L-theanine and magnesium in it. I talked, I think it was last week's episode or two episodes again on a solo one about how much I love L-theanine, how much it really helps me. And those are also amazing. So you can check that out. So you can get 10% off your first one-time purchase or 25% off your first month of subscription with Array if you go to Array.com and use the code BLONDEFILES at checkout. Again, that's Array.com, A-R-R-A-E.com, and the code is BLONDEFILES for 10% off a one-time purchase or 25% off the first month on subscription. It's that time of year where we are being inundated with Valentine's Day and images of perfect relationships. And it can feel kind of isolating whether you're in a relationship or you are single. It just seems like everybody else around you is happy and problem-free, which is just not the reality. On top of that, we are living in heightened times. And Having someone that you trust and love to talk to is more important than ever, but even the best relationships can hit bumps in the road. I'm sure we've all been there feeling unheard having the same arguments over and over, or just not really knowing how to move forward. And this is where therapy can be so helpful, specifically Talkspace. So Talkspace gives you unlimited access to a licensed therapist so that you can clear up the confusion and focus on what matters most, which is being the best person that you can be so that you can be a good partner, or you can just feel your best if you're not in a relationship. So full disclosure, I have been in therapy for a long time. My husband and I have a therapist. I really believe in it, especially in relationships. And Talkspace is such a great resource for relationship issues, especially because sometimes you don't really know what the problem is. So it's just incredibly helpful to have a professional who can look at your relationship objectively and help you navigate things. So whether you've been married for years or if you are re-entering the dating scene or if you're in a relationship but not married or you're just trying to get comfortable being single, talking to a therapist can help. And Talkspace even offers couples therapies that you can work on your relationship with your partner. And on top of all of that, Talkspace is super convenient. So you can talk to your therapist on your schedule that works for you, which is so helpful if you're really busy. And especially if there are two of you, if you're doing couples therapy, there's no need to wait for an appointment. So... Talkspace has an amazing deal for you today so that you can start the journey to happier, healthier relationships. Just visit Talkspace.com and you'll get $100 off your first month if you use the promo code BLONDE at sign up. That's B-L-O-N-D-E. Again, that's $100 off at Talkspace.com with the promo code BLONDE. Relationships
0: are hard, and that's why I'm here. Hey friend, it's Cammy Crawford. Think of me as your big sister slash Audible BFF that you can always trust to give you the real tea. This is my show, Relationship, the advice podcast that covers all relationship topics, the good, the bad, and the straight up shitty. Need advice? Send your story to hello at relationshippod.com or DM me at relationship on IG and tune in for new episodes every Friday. Be sure to follow us and subscribe so you don't miss all the hot goss. And if you're loving the show, please leave us a review. Talk soon, Bestie.
1: You listed a few common things that people seem to be dealing with today. What have you seen are the most common issues, I'll just say for women in particular, from the people that you treat at Parsley? You
0: know, women are really unique. We are not little men and we have unique health needs We're the chief medical officers of our families and our communities. We're driving healthcare decisions for our parents and our partners and our kids and our friends and our colleagues even. And we're driving 80% of our healthcare spend in this country, but we're not actually having services designed around us. The other thing I think is really interesting is that women are disproportionately impacted by the top chronic conditions that affect us today. So women are 80% of autoimmune disease which is rapidly on the rise. This is our arthritis and our lupus and our Hashimoto's and all of these types of inflammatory diseases. Women are 70% of GI issues. This is your IBS and irritable bowel syndrome and irritable bowel disease and reflux. Women are two to three times more likely to be diagnosed with a mental health issue, anxiety, depression, chronic fatigue. Women are experiencing most of the fertility and hormone issues. And yet we underinvest in how we treat these chronic conditions and conditions for women that if, when I say like, are you bloated? Are you tired? Are you achy? Like a lot of people laugh and say, well, like, yeah. (laughs) Um, But I'm like, that's not normal. But we've sort of told women, I think that it's just something they have to live with. And my message is that's not true.
1: Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is, or does anybody have insight, like why it's disproportionately affecting women? You know, it's
0: a lot of different factors. I think it's one autoimmune disease being 80% women, the medical community doesn't fully understand why we know that there's a connection between estrogen and autoimmune. (laughs) And that is like not, not great. Right. Because women were actually not included in research trials and studies from 1977 to 1993. So we've really under researched why are women different how are women different and what's causing this in other cases I think you know women are as we said earlier are caregivers or the chief medical officers of their homes and families and communities and are kind of bearing we know that women bear the brunt of like home life and homework and family care in addition to everything else that we have going on and so I think that women's bodies respond differently to some of those stressors and then women mm-hmm. are of course, impacted by a lot of the things that are setting us up for sickness that men are, which is super high sugar diets, that 74% of the American diet sitting 11 hours a day and staring at screens, not moving, not getting quality sleep, not, you know, sometimes we're taught to manage our emotions through substances like alcohol, which is not helping it's making it worse. Right. So I think that you know, we're living in this world where we're set up for sickness and then our bodies are responding to that world with unique needs. Mm
1: -hmm. I feel like this could be a total overgeneralization. So you can definitely (laughs) uh, tell me if I'm wrong here, but I'm just thinking like in my own experience, I admittedly, like I tend to run a little anxious. I tend to get overwhelmed really easily. And I was having a conversation with my husband and I can't remember... Why I was prompted to do this? Maybe it was for a podcast episode or something. But somebody said to write down your two dominant emotions, and immediately I went anxiety and stress. <laughs> like, didn't even have to think about it twice. Even though there is so much good in my life, but those are like the dominant things. And I asked my husband, and he was like, hmm, like happiness and joy or whatever. And and he has a very stressful, you know, uh, high pressure job. But for him, like that's just not his dominant emotion, and I feel like I, when I talk to a lot of my female friends about it, they were kind of on my end of the spectrum, and I wonder if there is just kind of like a, a disparity in that sense between men and women. Well,
0: there absolutely is, right? And it's it's in the data that there is, and I think that women both acknowledge their emotions, right? Men are socialized oftentimes to be like, it's fine. Everything's great. Right. And Mm -hmm. sort of not to feel those emotions or to deny them. And so that's part of it. It's, it's cultural and men, you know, in the data have to be sort of dragged into the doctor or only engage in medical services, often when they're in crisis, which is often too late, like they've had the heart attack. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think women are by nature, more in touch with those emotions and also more willing to own them. So I think that's part of it. I also know that, you know, when we live in a way that we're set up for sickness, our bodies are not designed to sit all day and look at screens that give us FOMO and inspire fear. Mm -hmm. And yet that's what we're doing. And we've proven that the social media platforms are damaging to mental health, particularly of young girls and and adolescent girls. But that goes all, I'm 40 years old. That impacts me too, right? And Mm -hmm. all of us. Our bodies are designed to process how we feel through moving and yet we're not moving very much. And so then the emotions, which are actually a wave of neurotransmitters and hormones that go through our body. Every time we have a thought, we have an emotional reaction to that thought. Gosh, I hope I'm doing well on this podcast. I'm a little self-conscious, right? I may not like see that thought across the billboard of my brain, but I had the thought and then it instantaneously had that minor anxiety rush, right? And that, if that's happening to you all day long of your email or the news or whatever's going on in your life, those hormones and neurotransmitters that are released throughout our entire bodies, touching every single cell, when we have those emotional reactions are creating damage, impairing our immune system, raising our blood sugar, making it harder for us to heal. And over time, like disease happens, right? And patterns of always being in that state of anxiety and stress start to feel normal. So I think for women, to your point, like stress, anxiety, feel like my dominant emotions, this series of factors around how we live, our relationship with technology and media, with foods that we're eating, all of these things are adding up to a body that is in a state of constant fight or flight. And then our brains become accustomed to that pattern and don't know how to go anywhere else.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just unsustainable. I've been thinking about this a lot lately, especially being like a content creator. And, you know, there are so many platforms from podcasting to Instagram to TikTok now, which is kind of taking over. And with TikTok, I mean, it's, there's no downtime with any of it. You know, you're constantly connected to a screen. You're constantly comparing yourself with what other people are doing. TikTok is this kind of like manic drive because you, you know, it's like um like positive reinforcement, but you never know when it's going to come. You never know when you're going to go viral. So it's very addictive, like that kind of thing. And I'm like in my mid thirties and I'm like, how is this affecting people who are teenagers? I just can't even imagine. I would think that like, it would also affect like the dopamine pathways in your brain and everything.
0: Exactly. Well, you know, these platforms are addictive. They've been proven to be addictive. They hit the reward centers, the dopamine centers in the brain, the same way cocaine does right at a different mm-hmm. level, but same pathways. And so they are designed to be that way. And so one of the things that we talk about with our patients at Parsley, we always do a little tech audit. <laughs> you know, I had a patient with anxiety. She was in her twenties and she'd always had anxiety. It was like to some degree. Um, And it would kind of get worse or get better. And she worked with a psychiatrist. And unfortunately for her, you know, about 50% of people don't really respond very well to some of the medications that are options out there. And so we have this set of patients who are just non-responders, like the drugs don't work for them. If they work, that's great. But if they don't work, then what? Um, And she was, she was having a really bad anxiety flare to the point that she wasn't sleeping. And if you're not sleeping, it's the equivalent chronic sleep deprivation can lead to depression and can mask as depression. It has huge implications for your metabolism the next day. And then you eat even worse to try to get your energy back. It can make you manic and it can make you almost like you're drunk (laughs) if you're Mm -hmm. chronically sleep deprived. And so she really wasn't sleeping. And I was like, okay, we're going to go back to basics here. And during the pandemic, she was spending like six, seven hours on social platforms a day, like not at a straight clip, but like, you know, over the course of the day. And so I was like, you know what? I don't know, but let's try cutting it out for a week. She cut out all the social, she logged out, deleted all the apps, news feeds too, because the news is part of this too. And within a week she was sleeping again. And so she felt so good. She cut them out for a month and now she does a week out of every month. And it was a huge unlock. And so I think sometimes we say, oh yeah, these things create anxiety and, and FOMO and you know mess with our self-esteem and are addictive, but like not really, but really. They are, and they could be massively impact. Your anxiety could be a clue or a warning sign from your body that your relationship with technology, for example, is not serving you.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I feel like it just kind of becomes your baseline. And so it's not until you take that thing away where you realize that it's really not. But it's so hard, I think, especially after the pandemic. like I just feel like that really, at least for me and like a lot of people that I've talked to, really increased that screen time and created a whole slew of other issues, which we don't have to get into today, but.
0: Oh yeah. Well, it's very real.
1: Yeah. What are some other, maybe less obvious lifestyle things that we might be doing that are contributing to things like anxiety and stress and burnout?
0: Number one is food. People think Mm -hmm. about our diet as either like weight loss, get fit, look hot, right? Because that's how it's messaged how to think about food, right? Which is just, come on. Um, And then we also think about food as, you know, okay, we don't want to get a disease like 20 years from now, but food is impacting how you feel right now. And if you're like the average person where you're eating, instead of a max of six teaspoons of sugar a day, you're eating about 17, and your 74% of your diet is ultra refined, also ultra processed packaged foods. That means that most of your diet consists of refined flours, refined sugar, and omega-6 fats, which is our vegetable oils, which are in everything processed. And those fats are really problematic. They actually impair your brain from using the serotonin that's available to you, which is that feel good neurotransmitter. So when we look at our diets and I walk through and state change and a and parsley, we prescribe medical food as medicine because food is not like medicine. It is medicine. Mm-hmm. We really focus day one on trying to get people off of the refined flour, refined sugar, omega six fats and replacing that with fruits, vegetables, whole grains that you can see the actual grain, meaning it hasn't been pulverized into a flour, healthy fish, nuts, and seeds, high quality protein and meat, right? Healthy fats like olive oil and When you eat this way, and I recommend in the book, just at least giving it 30 days, people see dramatic transformations. They feel more energized. They feel more calm. They sleep better. Their digestion calms down. And I don't think people realize the degree to which this ultra-refined, ultra-processed diet is leading to brain inflammation, which is then correlated with anxiety and depression.
1: If you want to get your skin glowing and you want a routine that actually addresses your specific needs, I have got you. I've been using Curology since last year, and it really helped my skin so, so much. So Curology is game-changing, custom skincare made for you by a dermatology provider. They create custom prescription cream for your specific goals, whether that's tackling acne, clogged pores, skin texture, dark spots, fine lines, or something else, And it's really easy. You start by taking a short online skin quiz and uploading photos. And if it's a good fit, they'll ship you your formula right to your door. It even has your name on the bottle. They have a custom formula. They have a cleanser that's really great. They have a moisturizer. They have lip balm that's amazing. They have acne, body wash, and they have emergency spot patches, which are the absolute best that I have ever used. But my personal favorite is my custom formula. So mine has tretinoin, niacinamide, and azelaic acid. It is literally the only product with tretinoin that my skin can handle. And not only does my skin handle it, but it's super glowy, it's bouncy, the tone is even, it's all of the things that we want. And trust me, I tried pretty much every tretinoin that you can think of on the market to No avail. My skin just could not handle it. But with this, I can use it all the time and my skin just loves it. So if you want to try Curology, you can get started with a free 30-day trial at Curology.com blonde. All you have to do is pay $5 for shipping and handling. That's Curology.com, C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y.com slash blonde. To start your free 30-day trial. You can cancel anytime and prescription is subject to consultation. My next partner has a product that I literally use every day. Of course, I'm talking about athletic greens. So I've been in New York and visiting my parents in Rhode Island this past week. And I'll just say my routine is pretty out of whack. And I'm also not really cooking much or preparing my own food. But one constant that I do not miss on any day is my athletic greens. Even when I'm eating out three meals a day, I know that I am getting a lot of essential vitamins, minerals, and more first thing in the morning just with my eight ounce of green drink using AG1 from Athletic Greens. In fact, my girlfriend texted me the other day and was like, okay, so what is it that you like about Athletic Greens? And here is what I like about it. So just in one scoop of AG1, there is 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right and this particular blend supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all of the things. So I love it so much. I've been doing it since last year consistently, and I definitely just feel like I get this energetic buzz from it in the morning. I've come to really crave it. I love the flavor. It's not overly sweet. To me, it tastes just a little bit like kind of a pineapple with a hint of vanilla, and it's super convenient. So like I said, I'm traveling right now. I just bring the travel packs with me, and instead of having to pack a ton of different supplements, I just bring those and I am good. And also it's lifestyle friendly. So whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, you can enjoy athletic greens. It also contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting delicious, as I mentioned. And it basically costs you less than $3 a day. So you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than like even just getting a coffee every day. Right now, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com/blondefiles. Again, that's athleticgreens.com/blondefiles to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. What about some healthy alternatives? Because I mean, now you can get like almond flour crackers and cassava root and all of that. Is that still a refined flour? What is your view on that?
0: You know, some of the crackers and stuff that are made from like nuts and seeds, like almond flour, those seed crackers that like my kids hate. But I like try to <laughs> make myself eat because I will be like, I will not hate this. I will eat this. You, I will show you. They could be a little bit better. But the reality is mm-hmm. any grain or nut or a seed or anything that's been pulverized into a flour. So an unrecognizable form enriched, like added to so a bunch of crap is added to it to make it into that perfect little square that was, you know, punched out of a machine. That is a refined and packaged and processed food. And it's not that you have to be perfect. You can have some of that stuff sometimes, but sugar is sugar, flour is flour largely. And when these things are making up the majority of your meals, you can't recognize that food item as something that might have walked, swum or grown from the ground. Then (laughs) that means Mm -hmm. it's probably not good for you. One Mm -hmm. meal a day, but not three,
1: right? Mm -hmm. So I live in LA where we have like Erewhon and all of this really healthy food is very accessible. But do you have any tips for people where it's less accessible, whether it's like a financial restriction or if they just don't have access to like really fresh fruits and vegetable produce and protein and all of that?
0: Yes. Um, Right now there are some mail order services. like I love Thrive Market, which is discounted online, like groceries that are relatively healthy. Trader Joe's has generally got some really good options in terms of healthier food uh, and they do kind of bulk rate buying. So it's often cheaper. And what a lot of people don't realize is a lot of people do live in food deserts, but even at your worst grocery store, if you stay on the aisles, the outside of the grocery store, as opposed to the middle where all the boxed and packaged stuff is, and you focus on meats, fish, vegetables, eggs, right? whole foods and you buy those and you batch cook or cook them, that is cheaper than living in what is this or living on what is the sort of what I call like the dumpster fire of just package and processed foods that are making us sick. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think we have a culture of convenience. We have a culture of fast and go and whatever is here, but that is not serving us at all when it comes to our mental health or when it comes to our physical health. And those things become pretty costly if they get out of control.
1: Yes. I will admit, so I've been sober for eight years. When I first got sober, I had no money and I would go to like the 99 cent store and they had a produce section. I mean, maybe it wasn't organic or whatever, but you can buy, you know, I would buy fresh fruits and vegetables and also like frozen fruits and vegetables as well.
0: Frozen's awesome. I buy the, you know, I buy a lot of the like frozen broccoli, frozen veggie medley, I'll have all that stuff in the freezer. Uh, it's great for kids. Cause it's just like, you know, getting stuff into them mm-hmm. surreptitiously or <laughs> quickly is the name of the
1: game. Right. Okay. So aside from things like screen time, tech food, what are some other factors that could be contributing to these issues?
0: You know, sometimes our anxiety or our depression or fatigue isn't in our heads, it's in our bodies. And it's a message from the body that something is broken or it's an alarm bell ringing, trying to get us to pay attention. And what I mean by that is, you know, 60% of Americans have a diagnosed chronic condition. 40% have two or more. Tens of millions of people are living with undiagnosed condition because 50% of millennials don't have a primary care doctor. So most people don't even know. And what I recommend, and I talk about in the book, and and then obviously at Parsley, we do a lot of this, this testing day one is looking at some of the chronic conditions that are rampant, that could be affecting you, how you feel in your mental health. So this is blood sugar issues. And looking at hemoglobin A1C, fasting insulin, fasting glucose, to understand how you're measuring glucose and blood sugar, or how you're managing those things even before you get something like diabetes, because we want to prevent that, and it's preventable. It's looking at thyroid hormones. It's looking at nutrient deficiencies. It's looking at heart health. And so I'll tell you an example. Like one of my patients in her forties was gaining weight, feeling tired, feeling low, uh, digestion was kind of slow, like constipated and had gone to her PCP or regular doctor at some point who had just been like, you know, I think you're depressed. Here's an antidepressant. And she was just like, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that's it because one, one in five women get is dismissed or ignored by their healthcare provider. Right. So we're not always heard, or there's not time to hear you in the first place because the visit's like 10 minutes And so we did testing and she had a thyroid disorder and one in five women in her lifetime will be diagnosed with a thyroid disorder and low thyroid function shows up as dry skin and weight gain and depression and constipation. And it was all very classic. And so we just treated her thyroid and she didn't need to be on an antidepressant. And she felt a million times better, not just from mood symptoms, but across her whole body. And these tests are like blood tests, You can take to any doctor. They're covered by insurance. If you don't have insurance for most labs are like pretty cheap. These are not fancy pants tests. But I think that if we've learned anything from this pandemic is that being proactive about our health is the name of the game. Like I just saw the article come out today, the research showing that long haul COVID is associated with type two diabetes, Epstein-Barr reactivation, autoimmunity. I'm sorry, I'm like, I'm our practice at Parsley. We have tens of thousands of members. We could have told you that already. But thank you, New York Times, um, right. but regardless, um, or, you know, thank you that scientific literature um, for getting there, because it is these underlying issues that are predisposing us or making things worse. But there's so much we can do about them. Mm-hmm. We've got to know about them to do something about them.
1: Right. So you've referenced your book a few times, State Change. How did you come to writing that? And what does state change, like, what does that look like for you? What does that mean to you?
0: A state change is an elevation in our baseline of energy, focus, calm, positive outlook. And I believe that it's something that we have to cultivate and find over and over again every single day. And I think that we don't have the tools for that in how we grow up and how we learn and how we live. And so I wanted to give people a concrete roadmap to follow that would help them achieve feeling that way every single day. And I felt like, especially in the pandemic, we all kind of needed that more than ever.
1: Mm -hmm. So what are some tips that you have for people without giving away the whole book, obviously?
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. So many, so many. So we go through the science of food and how to eliminate some of the foods. We go through the science of movement and I have a specific movement program. One of the things that I think is really powerful that people are sort of into or they're not is meditation, but the research and science of meditation is so awesome. It rebuilds the gray matter in your brain. It improves brain plasticity. So you can have new thoughts and new thoughts are new, you know, tracks like railroad tracks through the brain to have new ideas and new ways of seeing the world. Um, it lowers blood pressure and blood sugar and heart rate and soothes digestion and helps people focus. And so, and it's free. Uh, and so I just think that there's sort of no better option out there. You can do it anywhere. You don't need like a special fancy room or like a gong or a pillow or whatever. <laughs> uh, and so I meditate every day and I practice this, um, pretty religiously, but it could be five minutes one day and like an hour, another day. I'm really all over the place about when and where and how, and mm-hmm. I walk you through some of my favorite books and meditation apps, but we prescribe meditation and parsley 10 X more than medication because it's that powerful. And I believe it should be on our prescription pad. Mm-hmm.
1: I started doing TM four years ago, three or four years ago. That's obviously a little more like regimented. It's not for everybody. I do tend to be a little evangelical about the things that have worked for me. And I always say on the show, like, I don't want people's eyes to glaze over because sometimes when you bring up meditation, they do. But it was the single most impactful thing I've done for my health. Just my intuition with my body. Like, it really helped me kind of tune in, like you said, every day, like I can't go off of what I did yesterday. I have to do it every day, but tune into like what my needs are for that day. It helped with my emotional well-being, my relationships, my sleep, my, just my overall mindset. Like it's, it really touches every aspect of your life. It's
0: such a deep reset, right? Because we meditate and meditation, by the way, everyone can just be like a breathing practice. Inhale for four, exhale for six, right? If you're not sort of into the, or esoteric versions. Just think Mm -hmm. of it as a simple breathing practice, but that breathing practice will trigger your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest, digest, relax, and heal side of your nervous system. It's the opposite side of the fight or flight, which is our run from a lion, even if the lion is your email or whatever. So we need that balance and we need it when we're awake, not just when we're asleep. If the only time you're relaxed is when you're literally asleep, we have a problem. And so meditation puts that body in that parasympathetic dominant state, rest, digest, relax, and heal. And that can absolutely transform how you feel.
1: Mm -hmm. I had a meditation teacher on my podcast recently, and he was talking about Vedic meditation as well, but he had a good analogy that I liked, which was that it's like laundering your brain. So whether you do it once a day or twice a day or five times a day or whatever, like you're just kind of laundering and it for me at least, really just kind of gets rid of like the residual buildup of like stress and just that accumulation of um, the fight or flight and, and all of that.
0: Well, it lets you process your emotions, just like movement processes your emotions. So does meditation. And I think back to what you were saying earlier about TikTok, we're sort of being trained not to feel. Mm-hmm. Like don't feel, just be amused by this thing. Mm-hmm. And when we don't feel... Or we don't spend time with our feelings or emotions. We still have them, and they still trigger that neurohormonal cascade in our bodies, and they still do that damage. So they're still there. But when we feel them and we meditate and breathe through them, we can get through them. And I think that's a really powerful, powerful lesson for all of us. I think there's like a philosopher that said the the mind is a thief. If you don't watch it, it will rob you.
1: Mm-hmm. And so
0: we just need to spend time with our own feelings and our own mind sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm. From this conversation, I just keep having this question, which is, do you think that our thoughts dictate how we feel, not just mentally, but physically as well? I mean, do you think that our thoughts can make us sick? And conversely, do you think that our thoughts can help us heal?
0: Yes, absolutely. Right? Because we train our thoughts like a muscle, just like we get repetitive in what we eat or what we watch or how we move throughout the day. We get repetitive in our thinking. And meditation, again, is a way to sort of build new railroad tracks, build new pathways. And that repetitive thinking can impact, again, through emotional reactions. We have a thought, we have an emotional reaction. We have a physical cascade of hormones and neurotransmitters to that emotional reaction. And when that's on repeat and we don't change it, it begins to shape our bodies.
1: I like to ask my guests one thing we should stop doing today and one thing we should start doing today for our health or overall well-being?
0: Stop looking at screens and scrolling before bed. Give yourself at (laughs) least 30 to 60 minutes before bed because you're going to have an infinitely deeper sleep. And that is actually sleep is when your brain takes out the metabolic trash of the day. And I think start, you know, I've been on a movement kick lately, but I've just been processing all the stress of mom life and work and new year and just everything that's going on um, and the busyness just with like 20 minutes of stretching and moving every night. And I kind of combine my wind down routine with that so that I'm doing a lot of yoga at like 9 p.m. lately and it's not like crazy, super stressful, hard yoga. It's like relaxing yoga, but it's my combo of how do I stop looking at screens And how do I do something that's going to help me feel better the next day? So kind of double whamming it at night.
1: I love that. And I was actually going to ask you, like, since you're so busy with your career, obviously, and being a mom and having a baby, do you have any tips for people who are in that same boat or who just feel like their life is so busy? Like, how can they possibly fit in things like meditation and movement and all of that?
0: For me, it's really two things. And for most of my patients, I think too, is that one, we just have to remember over and over again, we have to put our own oxygen mask on first. When I like don't do any of these things and I start to eat poorly and I'm up late and I'm not taking care of myself, I'm not performing at my highest. I'm not able to be the mom I want to be or the leader I want to be. I start to fray. Right. And so Put your own oxygen mask on first. And then from there, find things you love. Because if, if it's a should, it's over. Mm-hmm. I hate the gym. Every time I go to the gym and I sign in, they're like, it's been 67 days since you were last here. And I'm like, oh, do I win like a battle? <laughs> cool. Um, <laughs> like not my thing, right? You know. So I'm just not going to do it because I think I should go there. So if I've had to find yoga and online hit classes and walks with my friends and other ways of moving, that are pleasurable and fun and and positive and feel good to me. And so I think just remembering there's so much out there, do stuff that feels good for you.
1: I love that. Well, where can everybody find you and find your book and all of that?
0: Parsleyhealth.com slash state change is all the book info. And then Parsley Health in general, we have an amazing newsletter list where we share all of this kinds of information. And we give lots of guides and, and articles authored by physicians on how to treat all, some of these conditions and foods and supplements and lifestyle and tests and all of that. And, you know, Parsley is available nationwide online. So most of our many thousands of members today are working with us entirely remotely for that more proactive, preventive, holistic care that's hard to find elsewhere.
1: Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much.